Hi, girls. Girls. How is everyone doing this week? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Pretty good. Not too shab, huh? We're hanging in. We're making it. And we're thriving. Thriving. Best we possibly can. Uh, Y'all, exciting. We have a giveaway going on on the Instagram right now. You know, that's just the best news ever. The people love it. They're commenting like crazy. But uh, that's going to end Friday, August 7th. So if you have not checked that out on our Instagram, be sure you can win some fun ghouls merch that uh, I love. And I think you'll love too. So I'm here for it. I want it. And, you know, y'all should want it. If we want it, you have to want it. Okay. Right. It's true. Just the facts. That's how it goes. Just the facts. Bada bing. It's like marketing 101, right? (laughs) 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 Anything new with y'all? Anything spooky happening? Oh, geez. What's not spooky in 2020? Mm hmm. True. True. I visited a. a small grave site in Salem the other day and took a pic. I saw oh, your grave. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty small but very old. Um, but I can tell you some of the people who are buried there. <gasps> I love that. If you're interested, if you're interested. Some so, famous people. Yep, yep. So the the most renowned person would be George Corwin, who was the high sheriff during the Salem Witch Trials. So he, he was a naughty... He was related to Jonathan Corwin, who um, was a Salem Witch Trial judge. So those yeah. are two naughty boys that I like to, <laughs> I like to call them. Boys. I call it how I see it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have John Prince, who was a minister and an, an inventor. We have a Civil War general, Frederick Lander. Uh, Dr. Edward Holyoke, who is a physician and climatologist. Ooh. We need a few more of those. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, a few other, a few others. Benjamin Goodhue, a United States senator who was uh, buried there in 1814, but the the burial site it, or burial ground itself was first established in 1655. Whoa. So it's That's old cool. AF. Yeah, it's truly old AF and a bit uh, a bit disheveled, but creepy nonetheless. So I was walking by and I was like, ah, oh, don't mind if I do. Don't Ooh. mind if she do. How were the vibes? Um, I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but the vibes to me are stronger based, stronger or weaker based on the weather. It was like a very sunny day. Mm. So to me, it didn't feel like anything was too ominous. Um, but that could have just been me. You know, you know. All right. I get well, you though with that weather, you know, yeah. cloudy days. Mm-hmm feel like right. you know spirits like to come out and play i do me too yeah. though right yeah. yeah that's my ideal weather we'll have to check it out when we come to salem because that sounds like yes. a pretty cool spot pretty yeah we'll have a little picnic cool. yes. <laughs> oh my lord oh, a oh picnic my would be gosh. so great i'm already thinking of the snacks that i'm gonna bring oh yeah mm-hmm. Ooh, i love yep. snacks if you guys, to the listeners, if you were to come on a 
cemetery slash burial ground respectable picnic with us, what kind of snacks would you bring? And why? And Such why? a great question. Just curious. I'm already pondering. I'm just curious, too. So. Just curious. Well, as we say every week except for last week, we're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie. Emily. And it's time to get spooky. We didn't say it last week. I don't think so. No. I made it to the end of the episode, and when we did the ooh, I was like, this feels like the first time uh, we've done this today. I could be wrong, though. Uh, uh, yeah. Someone will definitely tell me if I'm wrong uh, yeah. in the comments. So We were babbling. Yeah, you know? we like to babble. But yeah. this week, we're going to get freaking spooky with some haunted museums. And let me tell you, I love museums. I'm so mm-hmm. excited for this. Yeah. I, love I feel like this museum. is same. This is something that we bonded over early on in our friendship because you don't just not everyone likes a museum, but we all love museums. Oh my god, I know so many people that think that they're so boring when they go to new places. That's the last thing on their to-do list. Oh, that's the first on mine. That yeah, we gotta get spooky. We gotta learn about the history. I you know what I mean? Love history. Right. I love art. Yes. I like, I kind of grew up in a museum because my grandma used to volunteer um, at a museum and I used to go to art camp at the same museum and I was there like every summer, all day, every day. I That's so cool. uh, The dream. So so fun. And Emily's mom. That's what I was going to say. My story for this episode is going there because I also grew up in a museum because my mom was like one of the directors at the Whitty Museum in San Antonio. And so every day after school, we would go there and be there until it closed down. And do I have a tale? Ooh, I'm ready to hear. Yeah. Yeah, Do you want to tell us now? I'll kick it off. Yeah, kick it off, girl. Our Haunted Museum episode. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. The Woody Museum, you guys. It's in San Antonio, Texas. It's it's quite old. It was established in 1926, October 8th to be exact. Nice. And um, it came to be because this, you know, this well-off dude, Rich, rich, rich guy. He had a lot of artifacts, a lot of Texas history, a lot of just, you know, not, you know, history from around the United States that he just had in his collection. And he was like, I need to give this to somebody, right? So why not make a museum, put it out there, let the people come see it. So in 1926, Ellen Quillen, she got together with this guy and they built the Woody Museum. And pretty much she was, she, Ellen really was the, the basis behind the whole place. Like she created the museum. Like, yes, it was this guy's artifacts and everything, but this woman was the one who, you know, designed the place. She like picked, you know. She put it all together pretty much and ran the place for years until the 60s. Mm. Um, And actually, this is a crazy thing. 
1960, she was forced out and forced to retire the day before Halloween. Uh, no. Why? I know, our favorite holiday. Insane. Wow. Yeah. Injustice. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense. She was born uh, in the 1800s, so she was quite old. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like establishments places of business they just want to keep going and so they forced her to retire and very sad but apparently ever since her retirement and then when she passed she like couldn't get over it you know and she came back to the place and she haunts it to this day but not only that What's crazy is, like, there's a bunch of artifacts in the building, and, like, mm-hmm. there's this, uh, there's a mummy room. Ah. Uh, there. Mummy. Yeah, well, there's dead, there's dead bodies in the building. Yeah. Which is insane, right? And I remember back in the 90s, so, long story short, my mom would, did a bunch of uh, PR and marketing for the museum, back in the 90s when I was growing up. And so she um, she would always pick us up from school and we would go back to the Whitney Museum and we would just, me and my brothers would just play around until closing time. And it was very insane because we had this whole museum as kids, like you can imagine, like this was like a kid's dream. So we would explore the whole place, do that place up and down. And I remember the mummy room just being very exciting. And I remember when they brought in like one of the new mummies into the exhibit (laughs) and not really realizing as a kid, like, oh, that's like a, you know, that was someone in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I remember the smell of it and how bad it smelled. And how was it like formaldehyde? I I don't know. I don't. I don't even remember my mom like telling me about it. It was just me and my brothers were there, and I remember we had to leave because it smelled so bad. That's why they usually keep them in like those plexiglass boxes. Because yeah, that's Uh, what they were putting it into was a plexiglass Mm -hmm. thing. But next to the mummy room is this other room that has a a ton of old furniture from the 1700, 1800s. And this room is really famous because the ghost hunters like to go there and they spent the night in that room one night. And actually my mom was there with a ghost hunting team in the nineties one time and they spent the night in there and the same stories, they see children, children. There's like apparitions of children and they're usually found in the rocking chairs and they're rocking back and forth in those rocking chairs. Crazy stuff. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's also the whole structure was built on a Native American site. Mm -hmm. And so there's obviously spirits from, you know, back then. And then there's also like buildings that were built in like 1840 that are around the museum. I mean, apparently there's a lot of action that goes on in, in there. But right now, I want, I'm here to talk to you about my story, you know? Yes. Because I feel like that's important, like, firsthand experience. 
Very and important. We need that primary source, right. you know? Yeah, I know. That's the most exciting. And mine has to do with Ellen, Ellen Quillen, who was the director who pretty much created the whole museum. So back in like 1999, probably, I was there with my mom late at night one day. And it was just, I think she was doing something something with some paperwork. Nobody was there. It was just us and the security guard at the time. And again, I have been there so many times that it, you know, it didn't phase me to wander off by myself. Um, but to give you a sense, the museum's huge. And there's, it's like three stories. And one of the top stories is full of offices. And there's this back staircase that it goes up by the mummy room, up by that furniture room where the kids haunt the place. And, and then it goes up all the way to these top offices where um, apparently Ellen had her office. And a lot of people at the time would say that on that staircase, they would see um, randomly like just handkerchiefs drop down the staircase, which was... That's odd. Right. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, but they would talk about that a lot, and they would say, that's Ellen. Like, she's, you know, she's up there, and that's where her office is, and she's dropping her handkerchief. But anyways, I was playing on those staircases that night, and I went up to the offices upstairs, and I went into my mom's friend Linda's office. There was another Linda at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and... I was in her office and I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was just messing around. And I remember looking at her desk and a bunch of papers on, I was nowhere near her desk, mind you, a bunch of papers just fell off, just completely fell off the desk. And I, and I don't remember this part, but I, but I, I mean, I remember taking off and screaming obviously, but apparently I ran down the stairs as a little six-year-old screaming, there's no such thing as ghosts, there's only angels, and I ran out screaming that, and the security guard called my mom and was like, hey, your daughter ran out of the building, and she was like, well, go get her, you know, And so that's how that was like the whole story. But I specifically remember those papers just getting shoved off the desk and just being like, there's nobody else here. You know, like what happened? Crazy experience in my life. So Ellen, I I would have done the same thing. Certainly haunts the Witty Museum. And then there's a ton of artifacts there if you go visit that are just completely haunted. The the furniture, especially. The mummy room, certainly. You can just feel a vibe. <laughs> People always say that they feel like, um, you know, they'll be walking through the exhibits and they feel a tapping on their shoulder. Nobody's there. You'll feel certain cold spots in the museum a lot. Doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. It's it's a crazy place. Ellen also likes to hang out by the bathroom, the women's bathroom downstairs. She she goes there She's a lot. Pee. Right. 
It's a haunted place, you guys. That's all I know. It's just like museums are a recipe for a haunting because you've, like you said, you've got artifacts there, Mm -hmm. which spirits can be attached to. Or you've got art, which like there's a chance that there's either the artist attached to it because they've got like so much emotional attachment to their work or, you know, it's just like there's so many layers that go into it that could create a haunting. It's pretty spooky. It's so spooky. But I, I, um, I definitely recommend the Whitney Museum and going to see it. I, when my mom worked there, there were quite a few TV cameramen who would come through and ask her about ghosts. So it's very haunted and I'm firsthand knowledge. I saw something. We got to go check it out. We have to. I have a museum that spooked me as a child. Uh, This is a little short one for y'all. So give it to us. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Okay. So this is the Fort Worth Museum of Science and History. So I picked this one because like I said, it gave me super weird vibes as a kid. Um. I don't know that I ever saw anything specifically, but I just felt like there was always an energy, especially in exhibits that had like artifacts from like pioneer days and things like that. So just like maybe object attachment or something along those lines, but always a vibe. I also spent the night there once with my Girl Scout troop and everyone else passed out i did not sleep a wink because i had the (laughs) heebie-jeebies let me tell you i was just like someone is in here and i don't like it right also just being in a place like that large sleeping as a child it's just it's weird i don't know how to describe it yeah it's just yeah it's not comfortable like your home you're just in this like big kind of sterile environment and it's just it doesn't feel quite right yeah yeah but back to the museum so it was established in 1945 and it moved to its current location in 1954 so it's been there for a hot minute but it underwent these extensive renovations in 2007 and my guess is that all the changes kind of stirred something up because a lot of the stories that I found are a little bit more recent. So I'm wondering mm. if like that huge renovation just really got shit shaken and stirred. Because mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So for years, staff and guests alike have reported unexplained activity at the museum, both during business hours and after hours when only staff is there. So one of the most active periods of time there was during a traveling Titanic exhibit when people kept seeing shadows near the exhibit. No one was there. And then later on security footage, they would see those shadows when the only people in the building were the security guards who were reviewing footage and they would think that someone was there. They'd go check. Obviously, there wasn't. I thought this was Mm. peculiar, though, because we also discussed the Titanic exhibit in Las Vegas being haunted. Yeah. So it's like there's got to be 
spirit attachment to objects that are in these exhibits because that's just a weird a weird link and like I said, given the number of artifacts they have on view, it's really no surprise that there's object attachment happening there. Employees have mm-hmm. shared even more stories of shadow people, not even related to that exhibit. Unexplained noises when they're the only people around. Just a f- general sense of like feeling watched. I think some of that probably has to do because they have... Um, like recreations of like cavemen and things like that. So there are okay. like spooky statue type people right. around that are kind of creepy but also you say that and you know how people say paintings they watch them yeah yeah so that too yeah you know spooky the the cavemen always freaked me out when i was a kid and i don't know what it was but they looked like so realistic and it just it didn't sit quite right with me yeah wax figures yeah and then again, more apparitions that have been caught on security footage. But there's this one specific photo, and it has been described as an old hag. And it was shared by a <laughs> visitor to the museum. So we'll share it on Instagram so people can weigh in. But Reddit has discussed it at length. Some people feel like they've debunked it while others say it's actually some of the best photographic evidence of the paranormal that they've ever seen. Hmm. So the person Hmm. who took it, his name is Kevin Brown, and he was at the museum with his niece and two nephews, and he had his iPad with them. So he was, like, taking photos of the kids throughout the day. They were playing in the kids-only grocery store section. It's like a little... Like, you pretend you are at the grocery store, you shop, you check out. It was legitimately my favorite thing as a kid because (laughs) I love to pretend. I love to hear the, like, beep, beep of stuff scanning through. I don't know what that joy is, but pretending you have a job as a child is so thrilling as an adult. Oh, yes. No. Um, (laughs) But loved it. But that's where they were, and he snapped some photos of the kids playing And when they got home, his niece wanted to look through the photos because, you know, kids love to see themselves and I'm not mad about it. But Mm -hmm. she shows him the photo and says, like, what? Who is this person in the background of the shot? And he said, Mr. Brown, the person who took the photo, said that is the first time in my life I've actually had the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. It freaked me (gasps) out. It freaked my niece out. I'm positive I would have noticed something like that, and it was strange. It wasn't noticed until we took the picture or until we looked at the pictures later on. So he said that he emailed the museum about this creepy photo and they never responded to him. And then oh. <laughs> a few other sources that I read said they had reached out for comment and the museum did not comment. So I thought that was interesting. They're like not having any part of it. <laughs> But I, looking at the photo myself, I can guarantee that if you saw this person there while you were taking the photo, there's no way you could have missed them. (laughs) It's like, it looks to me like a female figure in like a shroud of some sort with possibly like, there's like maybe a flower on it and they're kind of bent over and they've got a like misshapen hand. It's... It's really peculiar, and 
it's quite spooky. spooky. But I, I'm going to, I'll share this one on the Instagram because seriously, y'all just have to see this. I want to hear what other people think. I could definitely see a case for it like being faked, but it's just, it's, it's bizarre. Also, I don't know why this person would go through the trouble. It's not like he got famous for it or anything. It just was in like a local newspaper. So yeah, exactly. I don't know if he was like making money off of it. I could understand why you might fake something like that, but it's it's right. Anyway, it's really spooky. Um, I can't wait to hear what other people think because yeah, something's going on in that museum, whether it's yes. the old hag or not. <laughs> With a flower on her head. Yeah, it's the I, old I hag. can't wait for everyone to see it. Cool, cool. Oh, sorry. Readjusting my uh, <laughs> life here. <laughs> so you may we're gonna we're gonna go a little bigger, a little bolder right now in terms of museums. The Smithsonian. Oh, all right, shoot. all right. So the Duh. Smithsonian Institution. Oh my God, Emily, we were just singing. No, was I? Oh, I Did thought you I were. Sound like I was, I was singing that you were. Yeah, you have a great singing voice. So. The Smithsonian Institution, or as we and many people just call it the Smithsonian, is a group of museums and research centers um, owned by the government uh, in the U.S. It's in D.C. It's in D.C. And it was originally founded August 10th, 1846. So it's a Leo. And the objective was... You know, for the increase in diffusion of knowledge. So we love to see it. We love to hear it. We love to go. We love to get spooky. Mm-hmm. I have not been to the Smithsonian, but I have been dying to go. Oh, I've Ever been. since, I think for the past 20 years. Is that what so the like, night you know what? at the museum is after? I think so, yes. Listeners. Uh, I is this true? Think that's a- Nicholas Cage, <laughs> I know you're listening. <laughs> I think Night at the Museum is supposed to be in New York. Is it? Okay. I I think so. I could could also be making that one up. So hard to say. (laughs) We never know. We never know. But the Smithsonian quote unquote castle, which is the building that looks like a castle, uh, is the museum's administrative and information headquarters. And it has had rumors for decades and centuries, uh, to have many ghost sightings, including the ghost of the founding donor James Smithson, whose remains have been in the Tennessee marble pedestal beneath the sarcophagus, or the stone coffin, since 1904. So this bitch is inside the museum. Yep. Y'all. Yeah. Like, duh, of course it's haunted. Ah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So Smithson was last disinterred, which is a polite way of saying, like, removed from the coffin. Uh, In 1973, because there were so many ghost sightings and rumors about his ghost roaming the museum and the the castle specifically. So James Good, the former curator of the castle collections, basically just he was like, listen, we need to make sure that James, that Jimmy's skeleton is still in there 
because rumor has it he's been he's been running around. <laughs> so they whoever they is, they went in and they and they opened him up and he was in there. Um, but officially on paper, the reason to do so was more scientific. Uh, it was to mount a complete study of the coffin and the skeleton itself, even though it was only at that time like 30 years or I'm sorry, like 70 years old. Um, also, it was thought that documents about his life might have been buried with him, uh, but no material was found with his remains. Um, but a copy of the examination of the bones by the Smithsonian's physical anthropologist, Larry Angel, so I guess that's the guy that removed or dug him up, <laughs> so to speak, um, that report is filed inside the coffin. Um, it was placed there before it was sealed back back up and returned to the crypt. So, honestly, poor James. You know, he's like, can you guys leave me alone? <laughs> Lord. In 2009, Richard Stamm, who's the current castle curator, told Smithsonian Magazine that he had never witnessed a ghost in the halls of the museum. Uh, however, sightings date back to 1900, uh, when the Washington Post described the ghost of Spencer Fullerton Bard, the museum's first curator, uh, continuing to walk the halls. He, people would see apparitions of him. Um, I don't know what made people at the time think it was him. Um, I'm guessing just by the appearance. Who Maybe he was a singer and he, you know, they heard him singing. That is just a guess. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's unclear. Yeah. <laughs> Paleontologist Fielding B. Meek has also appeared on occasion. Uh, in 1876, he lived in one of the castle's towers uh, with his cat. He lived in a very small room. Uh, and I guess he... Um, he died in the castle, which is sad. Oh, with his cat? I think there was a fire. Yeah, there's a fire. I'm hoping the cat survived, but we don't know. We don't know. Other Broomburn sightings included or include explorer Emil Bessels and secretary Joseph Henry, both of whom devoted their lives to the museum. So, I mean, it makes sense. You live and breathe the museum after you pass away. You're probably going to stay there in the afterlife if you have the choice to. Yep. You know, you know. The guards and staff who worked late reported that the deceased but devoted scientists uh, continued to walk the halls of the museum at night, guarding over their collections. So as mentioned, Spencer Fullerton Bard, he was the first Smithsonian curator. Uh, he was also the second secretary of the Smithsonian. So here's a big deal. It's a big deal. So an article written in the Washington Post in 1990, titled Phantoms of Museum, Shades of Scientists Who Walk There Nightly. Uh, Shades was another name for ghosts at the time. I was able to find an actual copy of this article, so we will post that because it's, it's kind of cool to see. Uh, but staff at the museum after hours in 1900 claimed to be working alongside the ghosts of past Smithsonian scientists who supervised the collections they have once been so devoted to. The most active ghost, the Post reported, was that of 
and again, we just mentioned this, Smithsonian's first curator, Spencer Fullerton Baird. Secretary Joseph Henry was a frequent visitor too, according to the Watchman. Henry was often spotted fully clothed in the garments he wore in life, walking through the exhibits before returning to his post, the museum's statue in his likeness. So I have to wonder if they made it a point to say that Joseph Henry was fully clothed. What is Spencer Fullerton Baird wearing? <laughs> I just... His, I don't know. Birthday suit. His bloomers. Mm. <laughs> the museum watchman also told the Post that they had seen all sorts of disquieting sights after the museum's doors had shut to visitors. Haunted bronze animals that assume a livelier air by night, uh-uh. joining the... S- <laughs> <laughs> joining the screeching bird in making the night hideous for those they encountered. So the bird they're talking about, there were some, um, what's it called? I'm having a brain flatulent right now. Um, taxidermy uh. bird within the museum. And at night, people would hear it screaming and singing. And they couldn't shut it up. It was like super annoying. Emily, what was that? Are you Did being you haunted? Hear that? Yes. There's literally banging. Oh my god. My Lord. neighbor is, is someone knocking on the door on the wall. <laughs> oh my I'm Lord. I'm so sorry, you guys. People are rude AF. <laughs> it's true. But it's true. I don't know what they're doing back there, but it's ruining Kylie's story. You gotta yell that out. You can never will. ruin it. It's next, still next time it happens. It's still beautiful. It yes. doesn't matter, but <laughs> the tale of the Smithsonian. <laughs> so where were we? Taxidermy birds singing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the scrape of formless feet or voices would call out masks that moved about in their cases. No. So this is from that article in 1900. <laughs> So, in another more recent article on the SmithsonianMag.com site, another rumored ethereal presence um, is paleontologist Fielding B. Meek, who I mentioned before, um, and also, let's see, oh, here's what I was missing, the curator of the Castle Collection, uh, Richard Stamm, said that in the 34 years he had been in the building, no ghosts have ever shown their faces to me, but he has come in contact with so many people who have experienced ghosts or have felt cold spots or heard voices. He He's like, I'm not saying they're not here. They just don't want me to see them. <laughs> so if anyone has been to the Smithsonian, let us know. Even if nothing creepy happened, I'm just, Ooh, I'm just very curious. I've been there. But if something... And it's How was scary. it? Did you go to the the castle part? Well, there's an um, there's like a dessert ice cream shop underneath it. Ooh. I'm pretty sure, or like a part of it. I don't know if it's underneath or not, but I specifically remember that. Um, and then I just remember yeah. how big it was, and it definitely has a lot of stuff, like a mm. lot that there's no way it's not haunted. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Creepy stuff. Scary. Yeah. Maybe I'll make it a point to go once everything is open and safe to do so. I'll, I'll take a little drive and do a little, do a little report. Yes. If you guys yeah. want to meet me, meet report me there. Report back. You know? 
I have I have one more spooky one since my other one was so short. But I had to do this one because there's someone of great fame haunting it. Maybe no one else. (laughs) Nicholas Cage? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) No, other people might not be as excited, but uh, I just, I freaking love art. So this is the Cleveland Museum of Art. Okay. All right. So she opened in 1916 in the Wade Park District of Cleveland, Ohio, and so it's old. It's had its 100th birthday a few years back. And it has seen its share of artifacts and famous works of art. But the first of several ghosts that I'm going to talk about is our old friend, Claude Monet, who oh. is the forefather of French Impressionism. Mm-hmm. Kind of a big deal. Huge so, deal. Yes. And he's in Cleveland. He, he's haunting it. Yep. I love that. So he had a pretty distinct look about him. He had this salt and pepper beard and he wore bowler hats and it made him pretty recognizable. Well, the museum was installing a show in 2011 entitled Painting the Modern Garden Monet to Matisse. And staff at the museum actually saw Monet himself. So... The show received substantial press, but this one photograph in particular made loads of headlines. I found article upon article about this one photo. So during the installation, staff member Jeffrey Stream snapped a picture of the show as they were hanging things up. And upon reviewing his photo, he was shook to find a figure standing on the balcony he said he was certain that the man hadn't been there when he took the picture and he knew that the museum was closed at the time so he couldn't find any explanation for this apparition staff members were even more shocked at the figure's uncanny resemblance to monet himself so this apparition is wearing a brimmed hat and he's got a long white beard And he appears to be kind of overseeing the installation. And it's like right above, this balcony is right above an old photograph of Monet himself. So like you can see this photo of him and then you see this apparition who looks just freaking like him. It's pretty bizarre. Mm. Uh, Skeptics claim that this was a publicity stunt of sorts, but other museum employees say that they've seen his apparition in other spots in the museum. So I'm going to share this photo, too. I want to hear everyone's thoughts. It's such a clear photo that I maybe this could have been faked, too. But I want to believe it's real because I want to believe he's there hanging with his artwork still. Yeah. Then. I bet he I, is. I mean, he's got to be somewhere, you know. <laughs> and it's Cleveland. <laughs> his favorite place. It's Cleveland. Cleveland. You know how the French love Cleveland. So <laughs> then there's the spirit of William Matthew Milliken, and he was actually one of the original directors of the museum. So, like, if you put all your heart and soul into a museum and you work there for years and you love it, like, you're going to mm-hmm. stick around. So okay. he um, has been seen wandering through what is known as the 1916 building. 
So there are several buildings um, on the grounds of the museum, but this was actually one of the original buildings. So it makes sense that he's there because he was there back back in the day. He started working there in 1919, and by 1930, he became the second director of the museum. So he actually ended up working there for 38 years, which is a long time to be employed at one place. Uh, He ended up retiring in 1958, and he passed away in 1978. Under his guidance, the museum gained international reputation for its just impeccable taste they really they really do the damn thing truly truly but his apparition is seen wearing his favorite tweed jacket with elbow patches and people often say that it looks like he's clutching a folder under one arm it wasn't until the staff actually went through the museum's photograph archives that they made the connection that that was the apparition who they'd been seeing because they saw his photo and then people were like, oh, my gosh, I've seen this guy before. That's the ghost. So pretty spooky. Mm. In that same gallery where they see um, William Matthewson Milliken, night security guards report that their flashlights will malfunction. So they enter the room. Their flashlight goes out immediately. As soon as they leave the room, their lights instantly turn mm-hmm. back on. Um, and then in one case, they were doing a renovation and there were workmen wearing hard hats that had lights on them. And they reported that same phenomena in that gallery. The lights on their hats would turn off if they went in there. As soon as they left, everything was fine. So who is doing huh. that? Huh. Pretty weird. Pe- peculiar. There's huh. another haunting that involves this oil portrait and it's entitled portrait of jean gabriel duthiel at the signing of the treaty of vienna what a name Mm -hmm. and that was uh painted by jacques andre joseph aved but the ghost of jean gabriel duthiel has been seen observing his own portrait which you gotta love yourself you know but they I mean, say it's so true. The, it's so true. You do. Know yourself, know your worth, just like this ghost does. But um, they said that water leaks and electrical shortages plagued the corner where this picture was hung. As soon as they put it into storage, these issues stopped. So huh. something bizarre. Mm. However, do you think? Oh, yes. In this day and age, he would be the type to, like, have a photo of himself at it as the background on his Probably. phone. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You got to respect Just, the self-love. Yeah. I'm 100% yeah. about it. Mad yeah. respect. I, I try. I've been trying. I'm doing better than I did in the past. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. But they say... The most widely reported spooky tale is that of a mysterious little boy, which y'all already know. I do not fuck with children ghosts, so (laughs) I do not care for him. I feel sorry for him, but I don't want to meet him. So several of the night shift watchmen have described seeing glimpses of what looks like a fleeting childlike shadow. The most vivid account comes from a former museum watchman named George Marker. 
And he said that one night he was on his usual watch and out of nowhere, he heard a child's laughter. Naturally, he was spooked and he tried to rationalize it as we often do and decided to investigate further, trying to debunk what had happened. He tried to convince himself that he was hearing things, but then he sees the silhouette of a boy. He said it was, it looked like a small figure standing in the corner concealed by a shadow. He was shocked. He was blown away. So, as one would, he ran away and (laughs) this scream that had been like caught in his throat, you know when you're so scared you can't let it out? He said as he was running it finally (laughs) came and it was just like echoing through the museum because we all know museums are like echo chambers basically. But um, Mm -hmm. he said this experience was life-changing and he set out to do some research on the museum's past. So Uh what he found was that the space was not originally intended to be a museum. The land was donated by Jephthah Wade, who planned for this to be a theology institute. And unfortunately, Wade had a falling out with the the school that was going to help her open this institute so the land ended up being used for the museum but um then he found out that wade actually had a young son named randall who was only a child when he passed away so um the grief-stricken wade had actually spent years and years trying to contact the deceased son and people believe that that is the boy who is there because there was such like weird energy around it for the Wades because it didn't turn out to be what they had planned on it. And then their son died. So it was just like weird energy concentrated on this land and this little boy is stuck there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's one haunted museum. Haunted. We got to go. We, we got to go to all of these. All of we, I know. We say that every week, but it's like I really do want to go to all the haunted places. Just, you know, I'm kind of stuck at home. So how could yeah. I? How can we? How can we? <laughs> we'll figure it out. We will. We'll get there someday. Wow. Haunted museums. Anyone mm. know of any other haunted museums that we need to, to research? Let us know. Have you been to a haunted hu- museum? Museum. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Let us know at the Golden Ghouls Podcast at gmail.com. Send us those stories. Ghoul Talk yeah. is ready for you. Ready? Mm-hmm. Ready. Ready. And one more time, enter that giveaway. Tag your friends in the comments. It's so easy peasy. That's all you got to do. You could win some fun stuff. Who knows? Maybe I'll pick more than one winner. I'm Ooh. crazy. Oh, I'm crazy. And I'm generous. Girl. So. We'll see what happens. We love it. We love it. We have fun. And until next time, stay spooky.